the book of James, chapter 4, also 2 Chronicles, chapter 7, and I know at least one of the two of, script, of the scriptures are, is familiar to all of you. Amen. Chapter 7. After reading in the book of James, we will proceed to 2 Chronicles chapter 7, beginning with verse number 12. My version may read a little bit different from yours at that point, uh, being that I'm reading from the complete Jewish study Bible, which is closer to the original Hebrew. Hallelujah. I know sometimes I can read lengthy uh, portions of scripture, but I'm not going to make you stand too long. Amen. Hallelujah. James chapter 4, verse, beginning with verse number 1. He says, what is causing, it's a little bit different version, James chapter 4. Let me read it out of the King James, just, all right. From whence come wars? And fightings among you. Come they not hence, even of your lust, that war in your members. He says, Ye lust and have not, ye kill and desire to have, and cannot obtain, ye fight and war. Yet ye have not, because ye ask not. Ye ask and receive not, because ye ask amiss, that ye may consume it upon your lusts. Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity or hatred is what the word enmity means with God. Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. Do you think that the scripture saith in vain, the spirit that dwelleth in us lusteth to envy, but he giveth more grace. Wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. He says, submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. He says, draw nigh or near to God, and he will do what? He will draw near or nigh unto you. He says, cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. 
be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness. He says, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he shall lift you up. Now go with me to Second Chronicles. Second Chronicles chapter 7. Second Chronicles chapter 7. Second Chronicles chapter 7. Beginning uh, with verse, let me see here, 12. And the Lord appeared to Solomon by night and said unto him, I have heard thy prayer and have chosen this place, speaking about the tabernacle, the temple, the house of God, to myself for a house of sacrifice. If I shut up heaven that there be no rain or if I command the locusts to devour the land, the land of his people, that is. Or if I send pestilence among where? Among my people. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. God is still talking about his people. Then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Now mine eyes shall be opened and my ears attend unto the prayer that is made in this place. The title of the message is, It is All Conditional. All right. It is All Conditional. You know, I think about the woman with the issue of blood. And this woman had an issue of blood 12 years. 12 years she suffered internally in her body. And she suffered to the point to where she had to go to the doctor and try to get healed. She went to the doctor hoping that he could help her. But when she went to the doctor, her one trip that she thought would take one time going to the doctor, she went from doctor to doctor to doctor to doctor. And the Bible said that she didn't get any better. But she knew what she desired from God. She knew what her condition was and she knew what she desired to be changed in her life. And the Bible says that when she heard about Jesus, it said that she went up behind him in the crowd. And the Bible says that Jairus was there, which was the ruler of the temple. Now, to have an issue of blood is just like to be leprous, that you're not you're supposed to mingle amongst the people. You were supposed to keep yourself away from the general population. But this woman says, I see what I want. I know what I want. I know what I need, and I'm looking at where I need to get it from. Yeah. 
So what am I going to do? I'm going to position myself in such a place to where I can get what it is that I need. But she didn't get it just because it was there. She got it because she positioned herself to get it. She went after it the right way. And the Bible said, Jesus said, wait, who touched me? Who touched me? Somebody touched me. And his disciples said, well, what do you mean somebody touched you? They have all these people around. He said, no, somebody touched me. I felt virtue go out from me. And then Jesus turned around in the crowd and looked at this woman trembling. And he said, don't be afraid, daughter, because your faith has made you whole. Many of us want things from God, but are we putting ourselves in the position to get what we desire from the Lord? Did you hear what I said? The Bible said in James, he said, if you draw near to God, then he will draw near to you. God, you see, the more I study the Bible, the more I look at the Bible, the more I understand that there are certain things that God will respond to. And there are certain things that God will not respond to. And God responds to faith. The Bible said without faith, it is impossible to please the Lord. And so what do I need to do? I need to put myself in such a place, such a, 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 a predicament to where I can get what I need from the Lord because I know that it is, it is something within me that's holding me back from getting what I need from him. He told, he told, he said, you draw near to him, whatever it takes for you to draw near to God. If it takes for you to get off in a closet somewhere, Jesus said, don't go and pray in front of me, go into your prayer closet and close the door. He said, and then your heavenly father that sees in secret will reward you openly. I can remember at a, a time, and Sister LaGrange, you can remember better than I can, the where people used to fast and they used to pray and they used to shut themselves in. It wasn't no rushing. Let me just hear them get there and pray and hear them and get out of there and go do what I have to do. No, I'm going to tarry and I'm going to stay in the presence of God until something changes, until something shakes, until something moves. I'm going to stay here because I need something from the Lord. I can't get it unless I put myself in the position to get it. Did you hear what I said? If it takes me pushing aside a meal and, and missing a meal, no matter how much, how much I might love my wife's cooking, if that's what it takes me pushing aside a meal and going into the room and shutting the door and getting on my face before God, I'm going to put myself in a position to get what I need from the Lord. Sometimes people, they have sick family members. They have uh, conditions in their own bodies and things like that. But let me tell you something. Sometimes just a little prayer is not going to do it. It's going to take you getting in there with God early in the morning before anybody else gets up. It's going to take you getting on your face before God, no matter what's going on around you. Isn't that right? Some people, I mean, they had stuff going on in their lives, but they were more interested in the playoffs than they were in God changing the situation. Lord have mercy. He said, what, what, what is the cause? What's causing all the quarrels and the fightings among you? Isn't it your desires battling inside of you? Your desire, things that, uh, uh, that you don't have, you kill and you are jealous and you still can't get them. So you fight and quarrel. The reason you don't have that you don't pray. That's the reason why you don't have these. Or you pray and don't receive it because your prayer... Is done with the wrong motives. 
that of wanting to indulge your own desire. Don't we realize that we can do something about our environment? We can do something about the condition of our family. We can do something, Sister Sharon, about our feet, about the sickness that we have, about what's going on in our body. We can do something about it because he said if you draw near to him, then he is going to draw near to you. Hallelujah. He said, you unfaithful wives. You see, the thing that backs man into a corner is his own desires because he won't crucify his own desires within him. The only thing that keeps us from God's best is us. That's it. That's the only thing that keeps us from God's best. He said, look, if your situation isn't the ideal, if your situation isn't like you want it to be, then what are you going to do about it? I ask all of us today, what are we going to do about our situation? Some of us, situ our situations are lovely, but there are other things going on in our lives. And so and even if our lives are lovely, there's somebody else out there that needs God to draw near to them. So let me tell you something. We can't just pass by. There's so much going on in the world today. There's so much going on. All you got to do is turn on CNN. All you have to do is turn on the local news. Every morning when I turn on the news, there's somebody else that has gotten killed down in the city of New Orleans. There's a grieving mother. Let me tell you something. We, we can do something about our world. We can do something about the condition of our environment. We can do something about the condition of our society. Because if somebody would just take the time to draw near to God, then God will draw near to us. He said, brothers, stop speaking against each other. Whoever speaks against a brother or judges a brother is speaking against the Torah and judging the Torah, the law. And if you judge the Torah, you are not a doer of what the Torah says, but a judge. There is but one one giver of Torah. He is also the judge with the power to deliver and to destroy. Who do you think you are and judging your fellow human being? Now, listen to what I say. He said today. Or tomorrow we will go and do such and such in such a city. He said, and trade here and buy that and make profit for this and profit for that. He said, you don't even know if you will be alive tomorrow. Right. You don't even know if you'll be alive tomorrow. He said, for all you are missed. My life is just a vapor. My life is just here for a little while. But what contribution will I make to my family while I'm here? What contribution will I make to my church while I'm here? What contribution will I make to my neighborhood while I'm here? What contribution will I make to my fellow man while I am here? He said, if my people, my people, a lot of the time, the reason why things don't change in our world and our society is because of Christian people. Of people who call themselves Christians. But he said, if my people that are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked way, then will I hear from heaven and then will I come and I will heal the land. Things aren't quite like you want it to be or like you think it should be. But why? Did we ever ask ourselves why? Why Why aren't the young people being saved like they should? Why are schools still are being shot up and, and children bringing guns to school? Did anybody ever ask why? 
But a lot of times we look at the news and we say, oh, that's too bad. That's too bad. That's too bad. God said, if my people, if my people, if my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and then will I come and heal the land. Hallelujah. Amen, Reverend Lewis. He said, if I shut up the sky. Don't you know that a lot of times our environment has a lot to do with how we treat God, how we're responding to God, how we're serving God. It has a lot to do. He said, look, when you look out there, you see your crops that's being destroyed. When you look out there and you see that there's pestilence and you have to not just look in the natural, but look in the spiritual, look in the spirit and see what's actually going on in the spirit. And you look at it just like Ezekiel did. Ezekiel said, I looked out into the valley and I saw a valley of dry bones. And they were very dry. And God asked Ezekiel, he said, can these bones live? And Ezekiel said, only you know, Lord. And he told Ezekiel to prophesy to the wind, prophesy to the four corners, to the north, to the south, to the east, and to the west. Don't just look at the valley and say, and just have a question mark in your mind, but do something about what you see. He said, prophesy. And he said, and I did as I was commanded. I prophesied as I was commanded. And then the bone began to come together with bone because he was lining up with God. We want things to happen in our world, in our family, in our society, but we have to make sure that we are lining up with God, that we're doing it the way he said do it, that, 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 that we're living the way he said live because God won't bless you with a reckless life. Amen. Neither me. There are things in my life I have to clean up if I want God. I realize that every time I come into this church, I want God to come in here by his presence. I want people to be healed. I want people to be delivered. I want God to show up on the scene. But I realize that's not just going to happen because I want it to happen. That's going to happen because I take time and I pull away and I get into my prayer closet and I begin to seek God and call upon God. And I'm not talking about no little lay me down to sleep prayer. I'm talking about, oh God, in the name of Jesus, would you come on down, Jesus? Would you come down into this place? Would you flood this place with your presence, Jesus? Lord, we need you in the name of Jesus. Shake every pew, Lord. Shake every pew. Shake every person. Manifest yourself. Manifest your glory in this place. He's not talking about just no little lay me down to sleep. He's talking about point out your heart before the Lord. If you see a situation in your family, pour out your heart before God. If you see your neighbor's child going astray, pour out your heart before God. Because let me tell you something. God will respond to you when you give him something to respond to. Did you hear what I said? God will respond to us when we give him something to respond to. James said that faith, let me tell you something, he said that, he said, look, he said, faith without works is dead. I can say I have faith in God, but am I praying like I have faith in God? Am I believing like I have faith in God? Am I taking the steps to turn a situation around? Because sometimes we get too satisfied with the way things are. Well, they've always been like that. Well, this situation has always been this way. Well, when you're going to get tired enough to line up with God and say, Lord, this is what I need from you. And I realize if I need this from you, I've got to put myself in a position that you can give me this. Y'all hear what I'm saying? I'm almost done. I'm almost done. 
The woman, she had a son. Y'all remember the old widow woman? Sister LaGrange, I know you remember over there in the Old Testament when, it, when uh, Elijah came through town. And he said, bake me a cake. She said, what you mean, bake you a cake? Huh? Bake you a cake? I only have a little meal left. And it's only enough for me and my son. And I don't have enough to feed you. But you see, when God moves a lot of times, it doesn't make sense. God didn't say to, to, to logically explain everything. That's why it takes faith. But she said, look, I have a debt. And I need to pay this debt. See, she had a need. Like some of us in here today have a need. Whether it's physical, mental, or emotional, or spiritual, we have a need. And so she had a need. And, she, and Elijah said, look, you have a debt, right? You can't pay that debt, right? He said, I'll tell you what, bake me a cake. Give, just, just, I need, you know, get some oil. But in order for her to get the oil, in order for her to get the blessing, she had to go and get some containers. Isn't that right? She had to go and get some pots. Isn't that right? How many of y'all gathering up your pots because y'all already asked God to bless you? And so if, if God is going to bless you, you got to give him something to put it in, huh? Isn't that right? What you mean? You're going to take that oil and just let it run all over the place, waste it all. No, she went and got some containers. And Elijah began to, 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 to perform the miracle of God. And these containers began to be filled with oil. And then she filled that container up. And then she had to go back and get another container and fill that one up. And then she had to go back and get another container and fill that one up. And then she had to go back and get another container from another neighbor and fill that one up. And she had enough to pay her debt to make the cake to feed her son and everything else. Let me tell you something. When we put ourselves in a predicament and a position where God can bless us, he told, uh, he told uh, Solomon when he built the temple, he said, I will always be in this house. My eyes will always be watching those that are in this house. My ears will always be attentive to your prayer. But the only thing that can stop that is you. He said, if you ever turn away from me, if you ever turn away from following me, if you go after others' flesh, if you, if you disobey me, if you get out of line with me, then I can't bless you. Some people want to be blessed, but they want to live like this, but they want the blessing over here. Do you understand what I'm saying? If we want the blessing, we have to line up with the blesser. Huh? I want the blessing, but I'm out. The Bible said that he has shown the old man, and I'm closing, what is good and what the Lord requires of you, but to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with thy God. I got to keep myself in check. That's what James was talking about. He said, well, all these fights and wars and all these other things that happen in the world happen because of your own desire. The only person that can get you out of the blessing of God is you. When you let somebody upset you and you get a bitterness down in your heart. When you let somebody upset you and you let that thing play over and over and over in your mind. Oh, how bad they did you and how wrong they did you and all this kind of thing. I can't afford to do that because my, all, my goal in life is to draw near to God and allow him to draw near to me. But let me tell you something. If the way you did me is going to stop me from getting blessed because I'm getting bitter, guess what I need to do? I need to let that bitterness go. That's why I said whatever it is in you that's stopping you from getting to God, deal with that thing. Isn't that right? Whatever it is in our flesh 
that would hold us back from the blessings of God. I'm not just talking about the tangible blessings of God. But God told Abraham, he said, I am your exceeding and great reward. The thing you ought to be after is me. It's not the miracle. It's not the blessing. It's not the money. It's not the house. It's not all those things. All those things let me know is that you're in control. But I don't want to just, you know, worship those things and get attached to things. But I want to get attached to the one that's given the things. Oh, hallelujah. I want to get attached to God because I know one thing, that all this stuff is going to pass away. But the Bible tells me that God is immutable, unchangeable, that he's always the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus said in my father's house, a many mansions, if I go away to prepare a place where I'll come again and receive you unto myself. The main thing is that I received unto him, whether it be in glory or whether it be on earth, I want to be with him. So if my double-mindedness is stopping me from getting to God, guess what I need to do? I need to deal with that double-mindedness, huh? If my dirty hands are stopping me from getting to God, I need to deal with my dirty hands. Isn't that right? I don't just come to church to have no religious service, but I come to church to have a divine encounter with him. I come to church to meet with God. Hallelujah. And if I have met with him, by the time I leave out of here, then my time is well spent. But let me tell you something, not only do I want to meet him in the church, but I want to take him outside of the church. Hallelujah. I want to take him on my job. I want to take him in my home. You see, the Bible said that when God talked to Solomon, he, he told him about the covenant that they made. And I'm closing with this. He talked about the covenant that they made. He said, Solomon, not only are y'all making this covenant today before me, but those that are not here are making this covenant also. Did you hear what I say? Oh, y'all didn't get it. Y'all didn't get it. Let me explain it to you. And then we close. We're going from this place. The Bible said that. He said, not only are you making a covenant today before me, but those that are not here. He was talking about those that wasn't even born yet. He's talking about your descendants. He's talking about your children, your grandchildren, your children's children, and your children's children's children. Whatever you do right now affects them in eternity and in their lives. Isn't that right? So because mama prayed, now I have what I have. Huh? Did you get it? Because grandmama prayed. Now I have what I have because she labored before the Lord. You see, there's nothing that we can do in God that does not have reciprocal results. Did you hear what I said? Nothing that we can do. The service we put in for God. I'm not talking about the service just in the church, but I'm talking about living for God. Living for God was spill all over your children because you live for God. Now they know God. That's why when God told he, <laughs> he told Abraham, he said, I'm the God what? Or rather Moses, I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The blessing that you are receiving today is not just because of what you did, it's because of what somebody else did. So when I get into my prayer closet, I'm not just going to pray for myself, but I'm going to pray God bless me, but also bless my children, bless my children's children, bless my children's children's children, to the third and the fourth generation, just let it go on and on and on and on. But if you don't get nothing else, I say, don't let your flesh Put you in a position where God can't give you what he wants to give you. Don't let nobody else put you in a position where God can't give you what he wants to give you. See, because God said no matter how bad they do you, forgive them. Pray for those who despitefully use you. You see, this thing, and I promise I'm closing this time. That's the last door I'm closing. This thing that we're talking about. It spills into every area of our lives. Not only are we to draw near to God in this house, but we're to draw near to God on our job when somebody does us wrong. Lord, I'm going to release them. I'm going to forgive them. 
Because I'm trying to draw near to you. And I realize that this thing is trying to come between me and you. It's not hurting them so much. But if I hold on to it, it's hurting me and your relationship. Because however God said to live, that's how we need to live if we want to get what he has for us. Did you hear what I said? However it is, however difficult it may be, if it makes me cry sometime, Brother David, I'm going to do it. If I have to cry, if I have to get down on my knees, if I have to roll on the floor, whatever I have to do to get myself to, to, to stay in a position where God can bless me. Yes. I'm not going to give in to my emotions, my feelings, my desires, my inclinations and all those kind of things. The flesh always wants to do something opposite than what God wants it to do. Yes. Always. But realize that the number one thing is for me to draw near to him and for him to draw near to me. Because every time I give him something to respond to, God will respond. What good father, if their children are crying out to them and wanting to be in their presence, what, who, what good father would shut them out? No, he's going to bring them into the prayer and say, look, because he's reaching out to me. Yolanda's reaching out to me. Sharon is reaching out to me, huh? Isn't that right? David is reaching out to me. And if you reach out to God, he will reach back to you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Before we go, I'd just like to pray for Sister Sharon. Hallelujah. Pray for that God would touch her body. And anyone else may need prayer. The doors of the church is open. We just want to ask God to move by his spirit. Yes. Move by his spirit. Yes. I wouldn't go to a church where God is not moving. That's the main reason why I go to church. I spent a lot of years going to church and just going through formalities. Going through a church service and leaving that place. Basically the same way. But I want to be where God is. The Bible said that the man was at the pool. Remember that? They said, and the angel of the Lord would come down and trouble the water. At certain times and periods. But then that man was there. And Jesus walked up. And checked out the situation. Trying to see what the man was doing. He said I don't have any man. To put me in when the water is troubled. But let me tell you something. God. Is troubling the water. God is here. He said what two or three are gathered in my name. There am I in the midst of them. He's here. He's already here. God wants to heal, God wants to deliver, God wants to set free, and all those kind of things. Man. God wants to move by his spirit. Hallelujah. Let's pray for uh, Sister Sharon. Hallelujah.
Lord, wherever you are, there's healing. Wherever you are, there's deliverance. Wherever you are, there is liberty. And you said in your word, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, 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 Lord, I thank you that you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. So, Father, we thank you right now, Lord, that you're a faithful God. Touch her, Lord. Touch her, Lord. Touch her, Lord. Lord, I'm just an extension, Lord. I just join my faith with her faith. But, Lord, I pray that she is that woman with that issue of blood, that she would reach out by faith and touch you. Lord, it's not about the duration of how long something has been going on. Lord, it's not about the severity of any situation. But it's about us touching you in faith. Because, Lord, you respond to us when we give you something to respond to. Lord, you said to give you faith. That's what you require, faith. You say without faith it is impossible to please God. So, Father, we pray that you do it right now. That there will be many testimonies, Lord. That the doctors won't even understand, Lord, how it was done. But, Lord, she would be able to tell them it was Jesus. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Any announcements? Nobody have anything? Amen. We're going to be working on uh, opening up a church bank account. Amen. And uh, Sister Gwen has let me know about a program that uh, it basically, I imagine, keeps track of church finances and church business and things like that and where everyone can go in that is uh, authorized to do so and look at what's going on with the church funds and uh, with the church business. But as I shared the other night, Sister Sharon, you weren't here, but, you know, I just want 